Welcome back to The Stack. This week we speak with Sarlev Sarson, the man, a sort of Herbert Parson, whose vicarage is Herbert Grant's. So some hoon, reap stars for plants. Thus may you live by the church, or live by your labor. As a king lies by a beggar, or the church stands on a tabor. But enough with the timpani, let's get on with the symphony. You want to do some Herbert posting, but the thing you're missing is Herbert hosting. If you want to get your money's worth, you'll need to go to third.earth. Helen's full and cherry lips could not so quickly launch the ships that Third Earth commands for thee. Twelve dollar hosting and S3. Let landless men of noble birth find their planet at third.earth. Now, back to the church metaphor. Good herbiters take to your pews. The cantor will please get the door, as I recount this week in news. The Ukbar podcast relaunched with Aleph Dow, and I believe that you can get it now by searching for the network age or going to the ukbar.network page. Slam, a video game that uses Gora, invites you to try and be high scorer. With lots of Gora, you'll be golden, unless, of course, playing Minder Folden. And now, the talk so far, we were jailed for arson. Here's our chat with Sarlev Sarson. You, Sarlev, Sarlev, uh, have beaten up a blind man and bragged about it. Uh, and now you're here. So what's your Urbit story? Well, I, I'm just going to like qualify the beating up a blind man thing since we're putting that up in, uh, in the public domain. Is <laughs> Urbit NYC got a little bit crazy. I'm sorry. But that was uh, at a jujitsu gym in New York while I was out there. Um, and it was a fascinating experience. A uh, 60-year-old blind guy with a seeing-eye dog and everything. Um, and we had a, had a good role and like just had a fun time doing jujitsu. But it was uh, certainly an interesting New York experience. Did you just, you just show show up at the uh, dojo or whatever and say like I'm here to fight and they say here's here's your guy? Yep. They, they yeah, looked at like, you and said you're gonna take you're gonna take on Blind Joe. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what that says about me, um, <laughs> but that that was the way it went down. And his dog. <laughs> Luckily, the dog didn't get involved. Otherwise, I'd be in trouble. It reminds me, I don't know if I should tell this story because I might I might lose the Catholics. But should I tell the story about knocking the nun over? Seems fitting. The, the Pope has apologized I, in Canada, so I think you, you can apologize for whatever you did. I, well, I was on the, uh, what is it, the Via Las Cruces, the, uh, the way of the cross in, in Jerusalem. Um, on Chris uh, uh, on Easter Sunday, um, four or five years ago, and I don't know if anybody's ever done that, but it it gets quite heated, which is to say that people are trying to stay with the. I mean, religious like, like truly religious people, they're they've got their eyes fixated on the cross, and you're you're packed into these very narrow Jer- Jerusalem streets with people who are uh, religiously fanatical, and. Um, they they fight to get to stay up with the cross as it's, as it's going forward, and uh, I was just you know fighting to stay where I was relative to the crowd, and people are like you know elbowing you and hitting you and stuff like that, jostling you around, and you're just trying to stay up there. And somebody was was really uh, behind me was really digging into my my elbows, I mean into my ribs with their with their elbow, and. Uh, after a while, I mean, just, you know, after a while of this, somebody ribbing me in the elbow, I kind of ribbed them back. And then I turn around and it's like a 95 year old nun who was shocked that somebody had repaid her with the same in kind, you know, and she kind of like reeled off into the crowd. And, uh, I, I looked on in horror as this little tiny little angry nun you know, was swallowed up by the crowd. Um, nobody said anything. I didn't get arrested in Jerusalem, but uh, I, I did knock. I did knock out a nun. Is all I'm saying. Uh, 
Right. Well, I thought I thought it must be like a thirty, you know, a thirty-five year old dude because she was so. She was vicious, man. She's a vicious nun. Something. You degenerates. Um. Um. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry to the Catholic people and specifically to that nun. Um, well, I mean, if she was 95 then, this was not five years ago. So she, she may no longer be with us. I don't know, man. She's Especially very, she was very vital. Ribs. Yeah, she was. Yeah, that's true. I did crush that woman's spirit. No, she was very vital. That woman, angry, angry little nun. Um, all this right. is a good start. This is a great start. The uh, so uh, first of all, uh, so so Sarlev or Sarlev? Sarlev. Sarlev. Is that the canonical, canonical. pronunciation? I yeah. think. I think. Think. I'm riding with it. Phil might get mad at me. It makes you sound like an evil character from Lord of the Rings. The good Lord of the Rings, the not, yeah, not I, the crummy. I was about to say the, new, yeah. the remake. Yeah, no, well, I don't not, know. I don't. I don't watch or read any Lord of the Rings. I'm yeah, very anti Lord so, of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. This is this is Josh's contrarian um, position that that Tolkien is bad um, as as literature. It doesn't meet yeah. his his requirements. Um, yeah, which is. Well, look, I've got ridiculous, but high standards. Yeah, what are the, you talking? It's uh, don't get me started. But anyway, uh, we, we we will have to discuss dogs at some point because I think that Sarlev and I have have uh, puppers. Co- we have no, we have opposite opinions on the goodness of dogs. He, every time I say something about dogs, he's got to pipe up and like, "What's wrong with you?" Uh, something as if something is wrong with my my eternal soul because I don't like dogs very much. I thought you had it well, going. Yeah. My wife has a dog. There's a difference. Yeah, there's a, there's a real big difference there. Um, yeah. I like pit bulls. <laughs> I, I, you like pit bulls because whenever you see a child's face, it enrages you. <laughs> I know. That's a myth. What are these myth. antinatalists? <laughs> I, I ran into the no. I, I ran into this lady in in Boston. She had her pit bull, and my group of friends and I, we were like, "Those are really mean, nasty dogs." And she said, "That's a myth." So I'm just going to say that's a myth. They won't just rip a baby's face off unless the baby is asking for it. Okay. It is. It is both true and a myth at the same time. I'll, I'll stand on my like dog high horse here and say, uh, pit bulls do not tend to be human aggressive, but small children can tend to look like animals, and pit bulls are bred to be very animal aggressive. And so, if your kid is acting like a dog in the face of a pit bull, uh, yeah, that's probably not a good idea. Yeah, so these kids well, just like look the, like rats. These kids just look like rats. That that's the reason. So what you're saying is that the pit bull is doing us a service. Well, depends on how you feel about children. Apparently, well, Andy loves I his feel love strongly, of pit bulls. It's greater than his. Uh, I feel very children. strongly about children who look like dogs. And that seems to be what you're saying is the problem. There was that model. Don't don't you remember? There was that model who was her. It was her sister's pit bull, I think. I use the term model uh, quite freely, but that's what she called herself. She's a good looking girl. Anyway, she, it was her sister's pit bull and, and uh, she was in the kitchen with it or something. And the pit bull just jumped up and ripped off her top lip. This was a recent Damn. story. Damn. Which, yeah. You know, we have a very permissive society, but I'm not sure how well top lipless models are doing in our permissive society. I remember when that happened. So, where in the pecking order? Because this, I think, would have happened before Instagram and all that stuff happened. And then, it, like, if somebody just self-describes as a model, is that uh-huh. better or worse than influencer? Like, or, like... Ooh. That, that's a terrible question. Because both are awful. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, self-described yeah. influencer or self-described model? They don't know that that's bad. I'm just saying, like, you know, do they think one is better than the other? Uh, Yeah, they definitely think whichever one they call themselves is better than the other. All right, Mm -hmm. yeah. True. 
The deal with this girl was, though, I think that she was like a skateboarder or a surfer or something like that as well. So she's she's got that added uh, low class vibe mm-hmm. of being a skateboarder. Yeah, skateboarding. Model. Yeah, skateboarding, especially skateboarding youths, never amount to anything. That's true. Um, well, here, here's where I reveal that I was a skateboarding youth. One of those those riffraff that said I would never consider myself an influencer or a model. And yet here you here are you on are. the stack. You, you, and you are an urban influencer if anybody yeah. is. Yeah. Yikes. That's a bad sign. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we, we found the top, guys. Sell, okay. sell, sell. All right. Uh, real, real talk back to Andy's question, which is how did you get to, how did you get to Urbit? Um, the roundabout way is a weird one in the sense that I, you know, wandered into the Bitcoin world in 2011, 2012, uh, you know, sort of all of the cypherpunk, seasteading that that world of things and then for about a decade uh sold my soul to megacorp um doing marketing uh running marketing agencies Uh, some people would call it propaganda uh and then in what was that uh first quarter of 2021 during all of the GameStop uh, hubbub just kind of wandered back into that world Uh, just sort of looking at the landscape of the way sort of, I don't know, call it traditional versus crypto or you could take, you know, Balaji's NYT versus BTC uh, angle on things and, and said Hey, this this old world that I've been selling my soul to, and that has paid me a bunch of money to do things that are mostly fake, um, is dying. Where should I go next? So I spent, you know, call it the first half of 2021, looking at you know, projects that are out there that seemed like they were worthwhile, and most of them look like you know, random VC pump and up schemes and. Bitcoin is doing cool stuff, but uh, isn't something that really has infinite legs. Like it's a very specific role that I see Bitcoin playing as, as the future rolls on and then wandered into Urbit. And I, I literally couldn't tell you where the first touch point was. Um, but within two weeks or something, I had wandered on to urbit.live and was looking at uh, Pat P's, just bookmarking ones that seemed vaguely interesting and memorable to me. And then I paid you know, $300 in gas to buy Sarlev Sarsen and have been piloting that on a digital ocean droplet ever since. And you know, Urbit sold me on this whole idea of, you know, it's a personal server without having to be a sysadmin. And then as I've played with Urbit, I've stumbled my way into becoming an accidental sysadmin, which has been fun. Um, from there, kind of just started getting involved, doing some grants, running some meetups, putting together, uh, you know, some documentation and materials for people that were trying to run meetups as well and then actually joined the Urbit Foundation as the director of grants um, back in uh, March uh, and then kind of full-time in June and have since then just been like trying to help uh, developers ramp up and, and build you know, whatever they think Urbit needs um, so that the, the network can grow and, and the technology can expand and, and grow its own adoption. That's pretty awesome. And, and did that, um, <clears throat> so the, the grants or the, rather like becoming the uh, director of grants, like basically how, 
how active are things right now? I mean, um, you know, how many cats are you herding? Um, we have, I think, 41 active grants. And then I also have been out on vacation for the last two weeks. And I think there's probably another seven to ten that, like, you know, someone's ready to go and they've got their proposals built and, um, you know, we're doing paperwork and, and kind of final pieces for, for people to build. And so, I mean, since uh, assembly last year in, in September, um, you know, it's been an insane explosion of, of people kind of Contributing, being able to contribute, you know, like sort of the, the launch of software distribution definitely changed the game in terms of, you know, how easy and, and how open it was to be able to build something on Urbit. And I think since, since the launch of software distribution, there's been at least a new app a week, if not more, um, you know, sort of distributed to the network. I think we're at... 50 something apps that are that are out in the wild and you know an assortment of more privately distributed ones that are uh, not necessarily publicly shared but kind of out there and wandering around it's it's, it's been insane yeah i'm trying to think the the, the past uh you know i collect all these little news items and things in the past week there's been like a updated chess app with the new front ends and then midsum sal rooks uh has dropped a new version of foe the the hoon version of foe uh foe by the way is the the discord the the bridge between discord and and urbit yeah what it else? is not the pals anti-hero which one of these days i'm gonna write so that you can tag your foes instead of oh, your pals yeah, right. and uh not, yeah, not yeah, let yeah. them know that you've tagged them. Right, right, right. Yeah, Midsums is F-A-U-X, right. Um, and what else? Anything that's come out very recently? Um, Cell, I think, just released their very first uh, version. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely still building, but I think you can install that and play with it. So that's, that, or I guess that's Membrane. Um, what is what is that one? Is that the the docs? Yeah. Okay. Right. Wow. Uh, yeah. And channel, obviously. And channel. Channel's a big one. Then there's another one. Uh, a channel, by the way, is the four the four chan um, the four chan well, app I, from. It's what you want it to be. It it it's an image board. Right. I mean, it's it's a better four chan. It doesn't 4chan. have to be toxic. It doesn't have to be toxic. It just no, happens I mean, to be toxic. <laughs> right, <laughs> and then there's, there's uh, Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's From, Houston? Uh, just came out. The assembly capital. Assembly guys capital guys. Yeah. Moon, what? What is, what is Houston? Oh, cool. Oh, Houston, like the the Apollo. Right. Yeah. It's a moon dashboard. A moon management dashboard. Um, and then there's also the uh, habit tracker goal or something like that. Which doesn't have yep. a front end yet, uh, I think, but you can you can play with it on the back end or on yeah, the CL, client, CLI, the, the CLI, sort of task manager, goal goal tracker. Yeah. So those are apps that have come out within, I don't know, like the last two weeks, I guess. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah, so it's, it's, you know, Cambrian explosion of urban development. Yeah, I think for reference, like in t- early 2020, there was exactly one app. Uh, which was landscape. So the, the beginning of 2000, from the beginning of 2020 to now, we, we spent like the first year of, the first year after landscape came out, there was probably like maybe two or three apps. And now it's like five apps every couple of weeks, which yeah. is a larger number if anyone's, if anyone's doing the math at home. And, and yeah, I think the important thing is like hard, hardly any of them will break your orbit. Oh Yeah. But that's where I, I have um, just as of last Friday stopped blindly installing every app that I come across on my main planet. And I've, I've spun up an app testing moon just for safety um, because 
there was one that I think got it got a few of us. Um, Hodel. Which, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Took yeah. over that got, that your, your base agents yeah. and was a little bit of a, a knuckle biter. Uh, yeah, that was me. That was a learning That's experience. Well. That that was I. I didn't really learn my lesson because I kept blindly installing apps yeah, after that. Me too. He was apologetic, but he was. Yeah, he's. he's I, I mean, I think that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a, he was apologetic. It wasn't it wasn't malicious. It was like, oh, we didn't know. Nobody knew this knew that this bug was going to happen potentially. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I got I got bitten by the hodl bug as well. But Sarlik, you've never breached. I have never breached. Partly um, because when you bought your planet, you were paying three hundred dollars in gas. When Josh and I came in, it was like we we have probably spent like what today would be a, like a. A nice starter car in gas fee. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm stubborn, and so all these things, I just try and figure out. Okay, what's actually going wrong? And usually, if you're if you're moderately patient when there's an issue going on, a couple other people will have it. You know, Josh will uh, be impatient and breach because he doesn't want to solve for it. And then, you know, a couple other people have it and like a fix will come out and you'll be able to do it. And also because I've just talked so much shit about breaching, I kind of have to stick with it until at least one of these days I'm going to have to eat crow and, and breach. And it'll be, you know, my, my eternal shame. But oh, I, I hope now that you've said that, it, it, that it's actually the crow app that does it to you. <laughs> I mean, no offense to uh, <laughs> Rapjeff, but yeah, Cordis, but. Now I hope it's the crow bot. Um, it might get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, as, as with breaching though, there was there were a couple of. So I, I was I, I'm capable of messing up my orbit so badly that it takes that it knocks me out for like four days, even if I'm working constantly, uh, asking questions and around the documents. You know, like the the a couple of times that I've breached, I was out for like two days, and I it just I just can't be out for two days anymore. Uh, you know, I'm too important. Basically, people, <laughs> people would, the people would riot. They would wonder what was happening. Urbit would fall apart if I were gone for for more than 24 hours. That's what I'm claiming. And so yeah, I have the to. The last time, you. the last time I was having issues was with the uh, azimuth block. Uh, oh height. yeah, 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 and. Really, I, I just took it as like sort of a saving me from eternal September and that I couldn't communicate with anyone that had breached or, or booted since, you know, block height 14 million or whatever. And so it, it kept me from a little bit of the uh, eternal September for like a month and a half. Someday there, there I mean, well, I shouldn't say someday. I think that there's, there probably is some way you can just uh, replicate that now, right? You say, like, I don't want to see anything on aims from somebody below this level. Yeah. You could, I mean, you could just stop your, your ETH watcher, I imagine. Yeah. And then you're, and then you just sit there and just never communicate with new people. Is that what we're saying? That's what we're saying. Yeah. I would love it. Keep, keep which, which I think for our Herbert, for the, the head of grants, this is a really good open. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you new people. Open. <laughs> can't, I just can't, can't find me. Right. Like I've, I've completely ported off like an, 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 a total office suite with calendar and I'm ready to go and I never hear from this guy. Yeah, that, that, that would be uh, suboptimal. For sure. If somebody, if so. somebody is, so somebody is sitting at home, um, a neat, but they're a good programmer and they, they have an idea. How do they start working on a grant? So the super, easy answer is start writing code have fun go build things don't ask me for permission um, and then once you've got your idea uh, take your little prototype put it as sort of milestone zero on a, on a proposal and and say hey I started building this I definitely want to continue doing it here's my plan of attack can you help help fund this the 
more helpful answer. Uh, if, if kind of that's not the way that people go, because that's it's not often the way that, that people attack problem, is uh, if you go to urbit.org slash grants slash proposals, there is sort of step-by-step instructions for how to get started on putting together a proposal, uh, examples of really good past proposals, and then you know all the steps that you need to go through to uh, get engaged to, to kind of give people who you know don't want to go to the website a, an easier way to do it. They can of course DM myself, uh, Sarlev Sarson, and um, even simpler, like if they're just listening here, start a group, add a you know a channel for open chat, add a notebook that has sort of a written description of what you want to go and build. And then start inviting people to it and say, hey, like, this is an idea that I want to go and work on. Um, you know, what you'll have to do to get it sort of sponsored as an official grant is recruit someone uh, from the Mars Invisible College, which is sort of our, our association of, uh, you know, past grant uh, contributors and, and sort of substantial, uh, you know, Urbit foundational contributors to sponsor or, or champion your project. That's a and great then, name. Who came up with that? I don't know. I um, can't remember. It's probably a genius, though. Must have been Rab Seth. Yeah, I'm sure it was. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, re- reaching out to, to kind of people around the network to say, you know, solicit input on your idea is, is often a really helpful uh, activity uh, before even really trying to formalize it into a proposal. I think a, a lot of people have looked at the uh, grants program and, and perhaps been overwhelmed by like feeling like they really need to kind of deliver an all-up proposal at, at day one and have it fully baked. But part of why I'm here and, and part of what you know the, the broader urban community is, is really uh, great at is, is helping people kind of form their ideas into something that that has legs and, and that can, you know, go be um, built in a, in a substantial or, or even just a fun project sort of way. So I think, you know, my, my message to people listening to this would be like, don't feel overwhelmed by the idea of having to put together a big proposal and know exactly what you want to go build. Start by, you know, kind of putting together a group, capturing some interest and helping people around the network, you know, help you curate your idea and, and even just help craft some of the, you know, technical architecture side of things and, and really sort of work through the idea to a point where you really know what you want to go and build. And then, um, of course, reach out to myself and, and the foundation. And, and we definitely are, are interested in supporting uh, you through sort of address space grants because um, we want, you know, the people that are helping build Urbit to also own uh, the network. Have idea, give stars. That's that's the that's the proposal. The um, I, I mean, people will see me around. I, I like I'm in all of the groups that I can possibly stand. And as people say, "Hey, this is an idea," you'll see me reply. Put together a proposal. We'll give stars. Um, you know, ev- everything that that people kind of think might be worth building. We're at that stage where it's like, well, let's try. Right. Like, you know, there, there's a lot of learning to be done. The, the, the big victory for kind of a, a, a project out of the grants program, you know, while it's nice to have things built that are cool and used forever, the, the bigger win is, you know, someone came and built stuff on Urbit and they really liked building on Urbit. They liked the developer experience. You know, they, they see the capabilities and they got sort of a, a learning opportunity, a portfolio piece that then, you know, they can use an ex- as an example to say, hey, you know, I know how to build urban apps. I know how to write Hoon code. Like, give me, you know, a, a bigger slice of the pie to go build something, you know, bigger than, than sort of the smaller grants projects that happen. Yeah. More like, um, more like institutional developers, like a Holium or, or uh, you know, in the past DC Spark. Like, do they go through the same process? 
The institutional devs will come on kind of a, a, a separate side. Um, like Holium just recently put out a bunch of bounties. Um, so those are uh, developed by them. Like, you know, they've, they've spec'd out, you know, a variety of apps, you know, a calculator app, Minesweeper, um, a couple other things that they want to see as a part of their, you know, bigger sort of uh, product and, and user experience. Uh, those, they'll come and, and propose those to the foundation um, and we'll say, like, hey, this is a good idea. And, and our role there is really to connect those institutional developers with the talent that's coming through, uh, you know, the Hoon School Pipeline, the App School Pipeline, as well as sort of the other people that, that come across our desk and say, hey, like, I'm interested in building things. Um, who needs, you know, help and, and can use my specific set of skills? What's the pipeline right now for, or I should say, what's the educational pipeline right now for people who are not doing, well, Hoon School Live is only live when it's live. So what's the way to do it if it's not live? Right now, uh, yeah, Hoon School is currently dead. So it's sort of, um, you could say, for autodidacts uh, going to developers.urbit.org, um, we'll have... You know, that's where we're going to have to explain the, your joke, by the way, because no, because people are going to hear you say it's dead. What he means is it's not currently live. So, uh, it's you. You we have a live session, and then and then we have the let's let's say offline session dead for time. that for that Correct. joke for for the joke that's not going to land with some people and think that oh you know because I I I say this because I I think there's going to be like some cant bot out there who says you know this project is dead have you looked at yeah. the, they they're there was not this currently... guy on a podcast one time he said yes. new school is dead yeah uh but it's it's not currently live so there's an offline or whatever we call it an online offline uh, tool. Sorry. Go ahead. Now that I've yeah, I've well, I think this is a is an important kind of call out, um, n not only to the to the uh, the combat types, but also <laughs> sort of, uh, any anyone who has the haters, previously the haters, <laughs> the haters, even even you know to to the skeptics out there from like you know I love Urbit, but where's the documentation at? I think this is a good moment to call out and say you know developers.org.urbit.org has like just been overhauled and launched at the beginning of July. And so, you know, a bunch of the documentation has been reworked. All of the previous sort of written Hoon School documentation has been reworked to be, you know, kind of reflect the way that Lagrev Nakfep taught the, the live course. So it's sort of same material, uh, but uh, able to be consumed in a self-directed manner. Uh, and then, of course, if you're already on the network, uh, the Hooniverse group still has the whole backlog of, uh, you know, lesson curriculum that that's in you know, notebook in that channel, as well as the video lectures. So while you might not be doing it, uh, you know, concurrently with other cohort members, you could still take yourself through that exact same Hoon School Live uh, coursework and, and learn it that way. That's what we used to call the Hoontards group. And then it was rebranded for some reason. I, th I think it breached and was called New Hooniverse. And now it is merely the Hooniverse. We had uh, to... When I say we, I, the they had to professionalize. I don't think that it was desired by the majority, but... Some, yeah. some activists said we can't. We're not professional if we call ourselves hoontards. Some SJW, some SJW came in and was like, "Can't call this hoontard." Hoontard. The entryists, the entryists are getting us already. Cali we're not going to make it, guys. Skateboarding Californians. <laughs> All right, shut it down. The um, uh, so from from a marketing standpoint, uh, as a marketing guru. Like, what, what do you think Urbit needs to do more or less of to kind of um, keep, keep building? I mean, obviously, growth is uh, happening. And, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, think, I think the big thing from the marketing side that you can, you can most see from the occasional 
Urbit post on Hacker News that's that's just interesting is you know the the haters there will kind of fall back to the same gripes that they had in 2015 of Urbit is vaporware it doesn't work you know they've learned this, nothing that, and thing. forgotten nothing yeah and 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 so what we need to kind of say from a marketing side of things is like if you're on the network and you're around as you know as much as any of the three of us or whatever, you know all these things. You're like, oh my gosh, there's 50 plus apps that are being distributed. There's you know X, Y, and Z things that happened on on Core Dev. Like there's this many companies that are building stuff. You know, Ookbar is doing uh, you know a, a Urban native roll up. Like all of these things are happening, but there's a culture within Urban um, that could at least somewhat be uh, demonstrated by my own lack of urgency of fixing my azimuth state problems of like, oh, we're just insiders only. Like, we, we don't need to, to tell anyone else about this cool little thing we've got. Uh, but I think that's the thing that we need to change and that, you know, at least from the foundation side, is, is sort of one of our... Uh, primary directives is not not marketing ourselves in a way that sort of talks about things that don't exist yet or, or is that too are, are too aspirational but really just having the external face of urbit you know the call it the clear web the twitter you know sort of that the outwardly facing view reflect what's actually happening because i think that's mm-hmm. something that you know the 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 devs haven't been interested in. Yeah. The network hasn't really been ready for, right? Like we, for the past, you know, call it seven years, like it's been about building because there have been so many core things that just haven't, you know, been there yet and that need to be there before, before Urbit can really succeed. Um, but now, you know, I, I think there was a quote unquote, like leaked internal memo uh, from one of the, the Tlon devs talking about, you know, how we're, you know, I don't know, 18 months out from having all of the big things done and, and there's no longer, you know, unknown unknowns mm. that, that need to be tackled for, for Urbit to be, you know, structure, totally structurally sound and, and able to take on the, the vision that's been put out there, uh, by you know Galen and, and sort of the the uh, more aspirational sort of aesthetic design side of, of, of the project. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I think um, you know one one guy who's doing that is uh, this may be what you had in mind, but uh, Basil Genève um, out of the Ukbar team. But I mean, like he's he's actually gone out to consciously walk the cursed earth of Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. in a re-energized way to just kind of talk about, okay, this this is what we can do now. And it still is not a general use product necessarily, but what, what um, you know, kind of their experience developing on Urbit with the DevOps and everything and, and what they can do. I mean, I, so I thought that was kind of interesting because that's someone who I think, you know, was on Twitter and then went completely Urbit and now has consciously gone out. Yeah, that's that's where you know I, I give um, Woolref Podlex a, a hard time uh, since I joined the foundation. I I don't know since twenty thirteen or something. I've been off all social media entirely, and now as we're trying to kind of you know speak to the outside world, I find myself sucked into the Twitterverse, and um, I've got Google accounts and stuff like that. Like okay, this is not the point of Urbit for me, but actually, it is what we need to do to to kind of bring Urbit to the the next layer of adoption, which is going to be uh, as as Bastille Sportif would, would say, um, you know, the developer side of, of the house. To say, hey, this is an infinitely better developer experience. Um, you know, I, I think there's a recent thread on multiplayer OSs, which I think was, was right. a really interesting way to think of it. And like, you know, we, we 
there's so much more there there um, in in Urbit than there are in all of these other kind of crypto projects that are pulling the interest away from you know devs that have been working on Microsoft or Amazon or you know, Oracle projects. Uh, like all of those companies have just been bleeding talent for the last two years. That you know, we have a lot more to offer those people um, than you know. I don't know, working on Hollow Chain or uh, weird other Solidity. Yeah, no, they're, they're, wa- they're wasting their time. They're wasting their lives, and I think that's that's his point, right? Um, yeah. You know, but it's, uh, you know, we started talking about Easter. This is the harrowing of hell. You have to go into hell to get the people out, you know. Um, so going to Twitter, it, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Journey into the belly of the beast. Yeah. The, um, uh, what about like, so like, what about in real life stuff? So you were at Urbit, New York City. Um, there is something going on in Miami. There, yep. So uh, in September is uh, sort of. Assembly, the second annual uh, unconference, which I think they we've sold out of the early bird tickets, um, but I think there's going to be kind of 500 tickets to uh, a fun week in Miami um, that will cover. You know, I think there's going to be a bunch of cool product announcements, teams are going to get together and build things, um, and honestly just, like, have an awesome time in meet space together. I think this is one thing that has been very surprising to me um, of the Urbit space as, as someone who's kind of come from the B2B technology megacorp world and run events and conferences and been to, been to things all over the world is that the Urbit community is like sort of real people that are out there is a lot cooler than you would expect people writing, you know, opcode, uh, low level machine language, uh, you know, little projects to, to be, um, I, you know, I, been deep down the Microsoft rabbit hole and going to a Microsoft event is probably one of the more cringy activities if you're, if you're looking to do something cool, but then being out in, in New York city for, for Urbit week out there and for the Mars review of books launch, there's a very interesting cultural layer there that, that has a lot more than just, people who want to write code, but people that have, you know, a, a vision for you know, positive human interaction as, as mediated by the, the computers that we use on a regular basis, which is like really refreshing. Yeah. And this is this just for the audience. This is really cool. This is not D and D players telling themselves they're cool. This is, this is a skateboarder saying these are cool people. There was somebody on Substack. They said they went to one of the Urbit meetups in New York City, and it was just a bunch of Catholics in business suits doing ketamine. And I don't think that's true either. But wait a second. Aren't Catholics in business suits doing ketamine cool? Is that not cool? I don't know. I'm thinking there's lots of different kinds of cool. Right. But ketamine, I mean, ketamine's cool, right? No. People, people drugs have, are not. No? Okay. Uh, drugs are bad. People have described it as a vibe shift and i have no idea what vibe shift actually oh, means God. but like <laughs> milady okay I, you know we'll, we're going to talk about the milady thing for a moment because i i want to like milady i but don't i hate I don't. everything like <laughs> I, 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 like not 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 that i want to like the art or the the, the set of people that are miladies or whatever but there's there's something interesting to it, but then every time I look at what Malady, like the Malady uh, NFTs or the what production. the Maladies do, I hate them. Like, yeah, like yeah. there's something about the ethos that I like, and then everything that it actually does, I hate. So well, that's going to like, I mean, like you know, a bunch of people. I, 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 I want to step out. I mean, like Dal- Dalton, like 
they, they are some of the best longstanding friends of what we're doing and I love them and everything. But like, yeah, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get the milady thing at all. I don't, I don't like cutting. I don't like the bulimia stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the, there's this, there's this level of like, you know, I think the like host cancellation, um, you know, accelerationist and, and like crypto anarchy side of things that I'm like, okay, this is cool. Like you're, you're kind of, you're making this step past like the weird culture that, that exists in New York city and LA and wherever today. But then like what you're stepping past into is like, Oh oh shit. Actually all of this stuff that you're kind of supporting is, is like, anti-human and not necessarily pro-social. Like, yeah, but you can dead. talk like, about like, angelicalism or whatever it is. Like, you can do, you can shift the vibe, but you, you don't have to do these things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, just, that's why I'm, I'm pro just, but anti-Milady. Just be normal, that. kids. Just try try being normal. <laughs> take it from take it from a guy. Listen, I'm, I'm 41 years old with a wife and two kids. And I did the theory cell shit when I was in my twenties, um, and I was I was part of the the SIA. I've talked about this before. Uh, I used to write I used to write copy for Big for for the Yud. And listen, kids, what happens is at some point you realize that you're hanging out with Eliza Yudkowsky, and that's that's where theory selling ends up. That's all I'm saying. Like at some point, you realize you're in his harem. You're yeah, I, you're yeah. in his harem. There's no escaping. Go out, and go I was I was there when things. he was yeah I was there when he was fat yud. So you can imagine how bad that was. Like, read less Substack. Go outside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pick up something heavy. Watch right. a sunset. Like I don't know. That, that's you know. There's a that's gulf. Definitely though. a better way to do it. If if any one of these kids actually listens to us. Ever there's a gulf anyway because they're, they're never going to listen. They're never going to listen to me. No, I, when they're forty, they'll say, no, "You're oh, a forty-one-year-old right. dad." Right. Yeah, that, that's lame. Yeah, assuming they survive the ketamine phase, and which uh, listen, I had my ketamine phase, so you know I know what I'm talking about. But uh, oh, yeah. don't Been there, don't do it. That. It's you just feel dirty, kids. Just go f- buy a farm, and if you can't buy a farm, I don't know. Go. Uh, what's what's the alternative to buying a farm? Just sign up for jujitsu. Sign up for jujitsu. Yeah, don't live in the pod. beat up a dog. Yeah, beat up right. a dog. A blind beat, dog. Beat up an old man and his dog. dog. Yeah. <laughs> Just right. Anything but Substack. Um, I've got <laughs> anything but Substack. I've got start, a, start an Urbit Studio page. Yeah, there um, you go. Urbit Media is there for you. Um, I, I've got to start heading off to uh, my office. So. <laughs> This was real. It was real. Um, uh, you go ahead, Andy. I'll, right, I'll finish right. up. You, you finish up. All right. All right. Charlotte, thanks for your time. I look forward to uh, uh, chatting again in the future about oh, for sure. life. So, all right. Bye. All Cheers. right. Uh, let me ask a final question then, which is um, what can just spill, spill some juice for us. What can we expect? Uh, any, any good stuff that's in the pipeline for the next, I don't know. Um, What's the best? I think there, there's there's one set of beans to. Sorry, go ahead. There, there's there's one set of beans to not spill, but to give a I don't know an opportunity to people, which which is to just shill the holium bounties. And I say that to say holium is definitely working on some really cool things. And if you are working on building some of those apps for them, you'll get to see some of that stuff before it is live. Uh, and so if you want to, you know, get the real good alpha and, and learn about why you should stack stars more heavily or whatever, uh, go pick up one of those bounties and you'll get to see some really cool stuff. The other set of beans to spill, that's a good, oh, there we go, is if uh, you might not be a dev, but you're, you're kind of big on Urbit, and you're listening to this. We just put out today a new bounty for meetups. Um, so if you think you're as cool as Josh and you can be a great community organizer, 
and you want to kind of get some some recurring urban events going on in your area, um, check out urbit.org slash grants and you will see a meetups bounty there where, you know, there's a, a little bit of guidance on how to run, you know, an, an in-person meetup, get, uh, you know, an in-person community built and we will definitely help uh, reward you in, in building that, building that community and, and getting something right. Because um, Urbit is for builders, but not every builder has to be a, uh, a coder specific, at the moment. you know, who yeah. dev. Right. All right. Yeah, that, that, would, that would be, I don't know, not really beans to spill. If you want better, better uh, alpha, better bean. Shoot, shoot me a DM about things you're interested in and I, I might have specific. Yeah, you uh, can... I, I will attest that you can find share. out a lot of good stuff by just getting on the network and, and you know, talking to people, listening and being nosy. Yeah, so like the, the way that I would put it is like, Urbit tends to be private, but it's not really secret. Like, yeah. people will tell you what's up. Um, they just might not broadcast it. Yeah. Everything's still, I mean, like, the really good stuff is in network. Let's just put it that way. Because the the yeah. thing is... You don't really deserve the alpha if you're not at least willing to spin up an, an urban instance and jump in there and talk to some people. But if you're willing to do that, then, you know, you can find out all kinds of things. Let me let me just say, um, Sarlev, thank you for coming and doing the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thanks for listening. If you want more Stack, find us on Twitter at Stack underscore podcast. Please support us by going to patreon.com backslash stack podcast. And remember, rhyming is not just for ancient mariners. I think you can do it whether or not you've ever played pro baseball in Seattle. Until next time.